stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Well, Romaine lettuce hasn't officially been recalled from store shelves across the country as of yet, but maybe for all intents and purposes, uh, it may as well be. Uh, Stores are are voluntarily making the decision. Loblaws, for example, put out a statement uh, yesterday out of an abundance of caution. Loblaws Companies Limited is recalling and removing from store shelves across the country all romaine lettuce products. So not just certain products, not just certain products from a certain region, but all romaine lettuce products. Other stores, I mean, restaurants as well, it's become quite a dilemma. Not only in terms of, you know, protecting the public, making sure you're not selling something that's going to make somebody sick, but even just the perception. That people are hearing about these stories, hearing about uh, the uh, E. coli illness in Ontario, Quebec, now one in New Brunswick, 32 Americans in 11 different states. Uh, it's not something people want to be buying right now. So, there, yeah, there, there is that dilemma about whether to pull it, but I, we seem to be going in that direction. Now, it's interesting. When we think of E. coli, we tend to think of, you know, like undercooked hamburger. Uh, but it turns out that this is maybe what we ought to be more concerned about. I mean, at least you can cook hamburger to a certain point. When it comes to romaine lettuce, there's not much you can do. Even washing the lettuce doesn't really seem to address uh, the E. coli risk if it's there. So what do we make of all of this? Because obviously, you know, people are concerned about what they're putting on the table for themselves, for their family, for their kids. And we think of lettuce as as something very healthy. So this is uh, kind of a scary story. Uh, joining us uh, for more on this, very pleased to welcome the program, uh, author, uh, researcher, uh, Jason Tetro, also known as the Germ Guy, JasonTetro.com. We'll more about his, his work and his books. Jason, thanks for making some time for us here today. Oh, it's a pleasure to be with you. Uh, let's start, first of all, what is E. coli? Well, it's just a bacterium. And uh, for the most part, it's pretty much everywhere. Um, it's found in your poop, and it's found in the poop of animals. And for the most part, there's really not a big deal. Now, there are different types of E. coli, and there's one that is called 0157H7, and that should be fairly familiar to anyone who's over the age of 20 because I'm sure you remember Walkerton. Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, this particular version of E. coli, this strain of E. coli, is very, very bad for you because not only does it um, infect you and it causes you know cramping, diarrhea, vomiting, the usual when you have uh, food poisoning, but it also can get into your blood and go to your kidneys and shut those down. And that can be deadly. So you want to avoid this particular E. coli at all costs. So what is it about lettuce then, romaine lettuce in this instance, that, that makes it vulnerable to this? Well, there's two things that are happening here. One, uh, the romaine lettuce is is a leafy green, and the E. coli has the ability to get into the lettuce. So even if you're washing, just, you know, rubbing off the top like we would normally do or making a salad, it's not necessarily going to remove the bacterium. And so that can be a problem. Uh, And secondly, um, back in the, you know, 1970s, we barely even heard of this strain, but it's now all over America. It's spread across many parts of the world, and it's a huge problem um, that started back in the 1990s, and today it's pretty much, as we like to call it, ubiquitous in the environment. 
so even when it comes to lettuce, and I was reading that the Washington lettuce, even when it comes to something like E. coli, that, that really probably isn't, isn't sufficient. No. I mean, you'd have to cook it at at least 71 degrees Celsius in order for it to die. And so the thing is, is wilted boiled lettuce, absolutely go for it. But unless you're trying to make some kind of vegetarian sushi, you're probably not going to eat it. So in terms of this recall, and I mean, you know, for these government agencies to make the decision about where to recall, what to recall, very mm-hmm. difficult decisions. Uh, are they, I mean, should they, at this point, have they gone far enough, do you think? Oh, yeah. I mean, the thing is, is that when you do a wide recall like this, um, you know, you're just playing it safe. But let me tell you something. Does this outbreak sound familiar? Didn't we just go through this back in April and May? And, and the thing is, is that when you start looking at this particular strain, this, this E. coli 0157H7, it seems to be very, very similar to the one that we had earlier this year. And that is coming from a particular region of America. Now, here in Canada, if you go to the grocery store, you go to Loblaws or any place, and you look at romaine lettuce or any other fruits and vegetables, you're going to see something that says product of, right? Mm-hmm. Well... If it says product of Canada, uh, you probably don't have anything to worry about. If it says product of the United States, well, you don't actually know where in the United States it came from until you realize around this time of year, there's only one region that supplies about 90% of all the types of romaine lettuce that we see. And that's called the Yuma, California area. Now, if you were to take a look at that on a Google map, it looks like a desert. So it has to be irrigated in order for it to be useful in growing plants. And so they get these irrigation canals that essentially pull off of the Colorado River. Here's where it gets problematic. If you look upstream from where these irrigation canals are, there's a huge cattle operation going on there. Now, You were just talking about 0157 being a problem with respect to uncooked meat, right? Right. Well, it's coming out of the fecal matter. And the fecal matter is getting drained into the water, which is then going down, going into the irrigation canals, getting pulled from the irrigation canals, being put onto the lettuce, and then the E. coli gets into the lettuce. And that's basically what's happening. So, (laughs) I mean, when it comes to lettuce then... I mean, uh, what, what should people be doing? Well, <clears throat> I would recommend that if you do happen to see romaine lettuce or anything that happens to be produce, take a look at where it's from. You know, we, we're finally getting a really good hydroponic greenhouse growing activity here in Canada. I go to the local market here in Edmonton. I can get romaine lettuce from a greenhouse down the road. I'm going to be fine with that. I can still have my Caesar salads. But if it happens to say product of the United States, especially in the wintertime, then what you might want to do is sacrifice that romaine lettuce and that Caesar salad and go to kale. Well, you know, I think right now, even though stores, not all stores have, have issued a recall or pulled this stuff off the shelves, I mean, it seems like uh, people are making the decision that they're, they're going to go with something else for now. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, when you start hearing about these types of recalls, people are going to make the smart decision, which is just to avoid. Now, I have been hearing about people who are essentially are, you know, life hacking and saying that they're not going to listen to government because government is doing this and that and everything else. That's fine. This is not the government that's dealing the problem here. It's actually the water. And you can't change the water that is being used for irrigation. So therefore, if you are buying it and it's from the United States, you are putting yourself at risk. Simple as that. What about irradiation when it comes to, to food safety? I mean, is, is that something that, that needs to be looked at? Irradiation is a really great thing, and it has been shown to be very effective. Um, the problem that we face when it comes to something like irradiation is, one, uh, it, it is expensive, okay? And when you're dealing with something like a perishable product like lettuce, it really needs to just come right out of the, uh, of the soil, go into the truck, and go wherever it's uh, intended to be, all right? So the idea of having an irradiation step is going to reduce the, 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 the shelf time, if you will, of that particular lettuce. Now, that's something we might want to actually go and consider. Here's the problem. Irradiation, radiation any of those words, and immediately 40% of the population are going to start thinking, wait a minute, what are you doing to my foods? Mm -hmm. I mean, they get upset about GMOs. They get upset about uh, any kind of alterations that may be going on, regardless of how beneficial it's going to be for us. And so the idea of saying that your lettuce has been irradiated is probably not going to help them uh, increase their sales. So in, in the meantime, short of that, Jason, I mean, it seems like, you know, you mentioned the, the outbreak back in May. We're just kind of drifting from crisis to crisis. Maybe this yep. one will blow over soon, but there's probably another on the horizon. Uh, there will be at least for another five years. And that is because back in 2016, the United States government actually put together a law that says those irrigation canals have to be treated in order for the water to be used. Then what they did is after they passed the law, they said, oh, well, you don't really have to do that until 2022. So it'll probably be 2023 before we see any kind of change happening. And so in the meantime, every time you start seeing, um, you know, weather changes that lead to us having to go to this particular area in California to be able to get our lettuce, you're going to start to see outbreaks until they can figure out how to do something about it. All right, very interesting, Jason. Thanks so much for the insight. Much more at uh, jasontetro.com. Thanks so much for making some time for us here today. It was a pleasure. Take care. All right, that's uh, Jason Tetro, also known as uh, The Germ Guy. Jasontetro.com. I also author the books The Germ Code and The Germ Files. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.